All right, now we're on. All right, Scott, here we are. What uh, podcast we got going now? It's Backstage with Simple Church, Dose, number two. Yes, and we have a special guest with us. Yes, we do. And that is Amber McDonald. Hello. But I like to say Amber Barnwell, McDonald. Me too. Because that's your roots. That is my roots. Roots. Life groups. Life groups, that's me. We're going, eventually, the goal is we're going to do individual staff, uh, introductions, stories, and, right? And that's all on you, Scott, right? Yeah, well, it can be. It can be the both of us, or it can be just <laughs> well, we're going to walk through that, yeah. so you're willing to do that, correct? Correct. That's it. All right, so now, though, what we're doing is backstage with, with Simple Church. With Simple Church. Backstage. And we're trying to talk about all these, um, you know, like we had Caleb before. He was number one because he was a new guy. Yeah. You're a new girl. Yeah. And so this is really designed for people that have questions and are going... Uh, give us the inside scoop, the behind the scenes. Now, before we move into questions about the church or behind the scenes things, we've known each other a long time, Amber. Long time. So if anybody has any dirt, they can call you and <laughs> you can tell I them. I have about a my... few stories I could tell. We'll do that another time. That would be fun. <laughs> we'll do that a, That would be fun. another time. Mm. So how long right. have y'all? What, 20 plus years? 25? Probably. 25, 26? Easily. Yeah, yeah, easily. Long time. <laughs> She's brand new, though. You've only been at Simple Church brand how long new. right now? Since Thanksgiving. So we're talking yeah. like just a few months. Just a few, not even, yeah, month yeah. and a half. Well, yeah, December, January. You're That's getting it. Awesome. Almost January's over. That's crazy. <laughs> it's going to go by quick. Time man, flies you. when you're having fun. All right, so here we are. Backstage with Simple Church. Get back into it. <clears throat> Caleb asked all kind of questions because he was new. So we're okay. assuming that your questions will help someone who's listening today because you may have questions that. What about this? Or tell me more about that. And then it's just dialogue. Scott can get in and say things. I can tell you different stuff. And then we just dialogue about it. So mm-hmm. you got a question? With your little notes. I yeah. do. I wrote it down a few notes you just know so why? I'd stay on track. Because she's a teacher. <laughs> the teacher in me. I couldn't long, help it. How long were you a teacher? Give me a sticky notepad and a flare pen, and I'm a happy girl. <laughs> how long were you a teacher? I taught three years in Louisiana and four years in Texas and did a stay-at-home mom gig for a bit. And so, a sales job for a bit. So stay dabbled. At, yeah, and a stay-at-home mom. she got to write stuff down, too. That's right. Grocery list. All right, so tell me, what do you got? So, um, well, my, one of my questions is, how long did you dream about the Simple Church before it became the Simple Church? Ooh, mm, that's a good question right there. I'm interested to know this as you well. You know this. I've said this every time we've done a partner party. Or, attention. That's your problem right there. <laughs> but, Mal, maybe someone is paying attention. Mm. So, I would say... And I have always said this to be true. Worked at First Bossier 15 years, roughly. I don't know, something like that. And from the very beginning of working at First Bossier, there was a thought. Me and Stuart had thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be Stuart Hall, who worked in Atlanta. We just worked together back then. So we were always dreaming about other ways to do church, other ways to impact people's lives. How could you get people involved in it? So anybody that I talked to, there was always a theme of that because that's the goal of the church anyway. So like at First Bossier, you're going, this is First Baptist Bossier, by the way. When we were working there, people would say, you know, well, we need to get more people here or we need to get kids here or I was a student minister. We need to get students here. Well, the goal was, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. You know, so everybody was thinking of creative ways. So we did lock in. I mean, you did all the stupid right. stuff people did, lock-ins and concerts. And I have some funny stories. That's a whole other <laughs> thing on that little right there. But the whole point was... Everybody's like, that's the student ministry thing. Right. But then, realistically, it wasn't just a student ministry thing. It was also a kid thing. So, <laughs> you all right over, Scott? 
Make Sorry. It, I appreciate you just Sorry. turning your mic yeah. down this this time. Yeah. But here's the thing is like we did children's ministry things. You did like SK, you know, Summer Survivor, we called it back then. We call it SK Summer now where you try to do different events for kids. You did different events for teenagers. But then adults were like, ah, you know, we'll figure it out. But truth is, is we were trying to think, could we do creative things for that? As we talked about in the first podcast, there were things that we believed kept people from coming. One was clothes. So mm-hmm. when I grew up in the 70s, my mom, I remember her pulling me back. It's a little review. And she would say, like, you know, we don't have the clothes. Sunday best. You got to dress And we up. didn't have Sunday's best. We were mm-hmm. middle class, middle income. So she would just say, I don't think we can go to that that's church. Horrible. So we were like, that's got to go away. Yeah. You know, there's all this other stuff that kept, they were more obstacles to keep people from Jesus. So we were like, what can we do to knock those down? Clothes, music, message, uh, location. We were in a theater. You're in a convention center. All of those things were designed. We're like, man, I've been there before. I yeah. saw Spider-Man there. Let me go check out what they're doing there. And early on, we were in a bar. That's another thing. It'll probably trip you out. So, but because she's new, we'll go into the bar. It does not trip me out. Yeah. Well, that was a big controversial thing here at first. Yeah. First church in a bar. I right. mean, we launched in a bar. I mean, we ran out of space in the theater and then had to go into a bar. And I was like, I can't believe you're going in a bar. I was like, dude, it's just to make space. And so then, like, the mud bugs started coming, musket and. Kenny Carroll, the, he, I mean, all these guys started coming because they were Canadian. They're like, this is in a bar. I might could do that. Yeah. So then we did it. We did it. Uh, we set it up and tore it down. And that's a really cool story. I, want, I probably should go into that. Let me do give it. you a really do cool it. story on this. So we're in the theater, early days. We outgrew the theater quickly. So we started with about 200 people we talked about in the first podcast. It started growing pretty quickly. We got to 1,000 within the first year, which is crazy. So that wow. means we had to do multiple theaters, then we started doing more kid theaters, and it was a mess. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. But we always dreamt of the big theater. Boy, if we could get the big theater. And the, we could not get the big theater. They refused to rent it to us because it was des- designed or saved for movies that were going to be big. So I was frustrated with God. I was aggravated because I'm like, man, we're reaching these people. We're trying to do it differently. We can't get anybody in here. What are we going to do? So I'm walking down the boardwalk kind of talking to myself, praying, frustrated. And I look up, and at the end of the boardwalk, there was a bar. And it was a, you know, had a comedians there. It had different shows and things, but it was a bar. And I remember I hadn't talked to nobody in the leadership team. I haven't told anyone. I just went up to that bar, knocked on the door. Guy answered the door, and I said, man, this is a crazy question, but can we uh, talk to you about maybe renting your space out? And he looked at me, he was like, do what? And I was like, I know it's kind of crazy, man. I said, but we're a church, we're new, we're meeting out of the theater, we've ran out of space, we can't accommodate the people. So I'm thinking, what if we do, like, you know, I said, you can't open on Sunday, can you? Because he didn't serve food. And he was like, no, man, I'm closed. I mean, I can't do anything. I was like, well, why don't I give you some income? We use it for a couple hours, and then, you know, we're done. And we'll pay you to do that. Yeah. And he looked at me, and he was like, you're crazy. (laughs) Like, dude, it's just an idea. You don't have to do it. I'm just telling you it's an idea. And the guy goes, hold on a second. Gospel. Turns around, walks off. So I'm standing at the doorway. I'm going, where's he going? You know, what's he doing? What's going to happen? And he comes back with a key. What? It's a true story. I'm going to get back to why church aggravates me. But this is the cool thing. He hands me the key. He said, dude, if you're crazy enough to ask me, (laughs) I'm crazy enough to give you the key to the club. And, yeah, you can have it. And I said, well, we haven't any worked out arrangements or payment or anything. He goes, it's going to be free. And I was like, no. Nah. I said, hold up, no. Let me just stop you. And he's like, no, nope, I'm just telling you, you can have it. I can't use it. It doesn't do anything. I said, well, no. 
That's one of my pet peeves with Christians. Everybody wants everything for free. I said, so, dude, I got to pay you because I don't want you to feel like we're using you or yeah. whatever, you know. And he was like, no, you don't have to do it. So we argued for a little bit. And yeah. then finally he was, I, I was not going to relent because I don't know the guy either. I'm like, dude, yeah. we need to work out something. So he goes, i tell you what you'll do. He said, we close at 2 a.m. He said, whatever you pay me, I will use to hire a cleaning crew to clean this place up and have it ready for you when y'all arrive at oh 6, six a.m. And I was like, well, I don't care what you do with it because we will figure that out. But I'm just telling you. Right. This. And he goes, no, that's what we're going to do. So we agree to pay him. This is what he's going to do. So why do I tell you that? And there's more stories along that line that are a whole probably episode. But I go back to the directional leadership team, which is they kind of, I've joked on the first podcast, it's not BLT like bacon, lettuce, tomato. <laughs> it's directional leadership D. team, DLT. I was like, hey, man, this is a crazy idea. And they were first kind of waffling because they had some Baptist background, them and two, like yeah. a bar and what? I'm not sure we can live. But eventually everybody was like, yeah, let's do it. But what was crazy is I sat on staff many, many, many years. And the number one thing when someone from the outside asked to use the church for anything mm-hmm. was a reason on why we couldn't do it and why we wouldn't do it. Wow. So I go to the world. Oh. And the first thing the world does is, is why wouldn't I do it? How can I serve you? And that is the beginning of God going, the simple church had better be different. So if you're going to launch it and if you're going to do it, remember this moment. Now, this is the crazier even part of the story. The guy that actually managed it has been at Simple Church from the day, once it started there, he started coming to church. Really? And all the way up until he has gotten too sick, which is recently, he was mm-hmm. there every Sunday. And so I, he was in my life group. This guy prayed with me. I've prayed with him. And now he's very, very sick. But he calls me for that. He, we helped him this past Thanksgiving, this past Christmas, because he's kind of, uh, he was a, he's a veteran. He's gone through some bad health stuff. But I only say that because I go, how many times in Christian where we were like, no, you know, like somebody wants to use the gym. Yeah. No, we really, yeah. you know, we don't really do, do that. that. We, you know, we just, uh, blah, blah, blah. But we would come up with our reasons and we would, and here's the world going, no, man, you do whatever you want to do. I mean, wow. I'm happy. So that's part of uh, the heart of who we are is like, that's why I don't like Christians so much. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like you. I'm, I am one. I'm just saying it's a struggle yeah. because the world can be way more, I mean, honestly, sometimes loving than we can mm-hmm. be. And that really shouldn't be the way it is. But that's a little story for you. Look at there, Scott. That was a good little. I like it. Well, that's true. Side note. I love it. It's good. That's awesome. What uh, denomination, if you had to say, do you need to choose one? Do no, churches have to pick one? Is there one? No. There's no, no affiliation to anything? No. So here's the truth. We launched out of a Baptist church. So okay. majority of the people in the leadership team come from a conservative Baptist background. But... When we launched, there was a lot of, uh, how do you say this? The one thing that Baptists really like are numbers, Mm -hmm. okay? So it's not a bad thing, but they're always kind of looking at numbers and trying to figure out numbers for a good reason. They're trying to determine whatever that value may be, whether it's attendance or decisions or whatever. When we launched, we were under First Baptist Bossier. We launched out of First Baptist Bossier, and it was in that deal. But what we did not want, is once again the obstacle of a denomination to keep someone from attending. Mm -hmm. So when we launched, we came out of that, but I grew up Catholic on my grandparents' side, Baptist on my parents' side. So I also knew that all of my Catholic friends, 
All of anybody that was met, we always, they always made fun of or tore up the other denomination. Mm -hmm. And they all thought they were all not right. They would all be like, well, what your problem is, is you drink. What your problem is, is you dance. What your problem (laughs) is, is you use a guitar. What your problem is, is you stand up. What your problem is, is you raise your hand. And so what we said on Simple Church was, is let's just keep it simple. Okay, loving God, loving people, greatest commandment. Jesus said it. Everything hinges on those two things. He said, not what I said. That's what he said. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, everybody can agree on that. So if you keep putting it denomination wise, everybody argues over stuff. So we want to get away from denominations and go, let's keep it simple. Can you agree on loving God and loving people? If you're a Methodist, if you're a Baptist, if you're a Catholic, if you're Assembly of God, if you're Nazarene, and everybody does. So instead of going what we don't agree on and what you think's right, and I think, well, it's speaking in tongues, or it's doing the, you know, don't dip, drink, chew, whatever. Get all that crap out of the way and go, let's get back down to what we agree on. We agree on loving God and loving people. And the truth is, in that process, when everybody walks through that, they go, I do agree with that. And I can agree to put my differences aside knowing that we see God doing something that has never been seen before. So in Simple Church, as soon as we did that, the church grew faster than any church in the history of Shreveport Bossier in hundreds and hundreds of years. When 10,000 people come to an Easter service that you've never seen before in the history of Shreveport Bossier, you start going, wow. When 500 people are baptized in one day in one event, Mm -hmm. you go, Okay, God's doing something yeah. different. I mean, there's this is obviously something crazy is happening. So in that 12-year run, over and over again, we were reminded of that. You would see different things. You'd go, wow. And so no denomination. Mm-hmm. You know, no, we're not turning in numbers. We're not, boy, we need credit or this person gets credit. And yeah. we're not going to speak at conferences. And we're like, no, let's just or try to. Or people to join the church. Oh, well, and, and there's a way to join the church. Right. But but that's what I'm going. No, transferring your membership. I guess that was what I was thinking of. Yeah. A lot of churches you, do uh, that. Let me guess. Yeah. You grew up Baptist. I grew up very Southern Baptist. <laughs> yes, yes yeah, I is, did. There is no transferring of the letter. Transfer. Yes. Okay. So here's a funny thing. Like when you think about, it. I, I grew up that way too. So yeah. I get it. But I always laugh about it. It was like when we first started. So we would do what we called a partner party. So we were like, we don't want you to be a member, because membership is signing a card. And getting something from that. If, you yeah. join, if you're a member of a club, if you're a member of a country club, if you're a member of a gym, it's like, look, I'm going to pay you some dues. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a membership card, and then you're going to tell me what all I'm going to give you as the club. Right. I'm going to give you, man, you're going to have more you workout machines, and you're going to have access to this. And mm-hmm. we're gonna. So then I was like, that always rubbed me wrong. Because I'm like going, we're just a member? You just go, I'm a member there. Yeah. So we changed the word early on to going, no, I'm looking for partners. Now, podnas, if you want. That was Southwest. <laughs> I'm looking for a podna. The reason why is because a partnership is we're both give and take. Yeah. I'm asking this from you, and you're asking this from me, and we're going to partner together to accomplish whatever that goal is. And I believe that's really more accurate to what it's supposed to be. Yeah. So when we did that early on, people would partner. People were like, no, I'm in. So what did we say? Well, what did we need you to do to partner? We need you to give something. So we didn't tell them an amount of money. We just said, hey, man, as long as you could faithfully give something, it'll help us. We need you to serve regularly somewhere, even if it's, you know, greeter, working with kids. You need to get involved somehow. Yeah. And obviously you need a relationship with Christ. You need to have 
decided to follow Christ. And we would prefer that you have a baptism in your record of going, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm unashamed of that. So instead of transferring letters, some of these Baptists would come in there like, I need you to call my church and get my letter over here. I'm like, dude, we don't even keep letters. So they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, we're not calling your church. We're, you can leave it there until you die. So you can always say, well, I'm a member at this church, right. but I'm a partner with them. <laughs> we don't care. It's all semantics. It's all just yeah. words. It's like, and there's still people that partner with our church that aren't really partners. I mean, they may be partner by name, but they still don't give and they still don't serve. Yeah. So I'm like, it, it's the same thing. It's like, well, no, right. they're really not partners. So for us, we're trying to move people to that. You want to encourage them and, hey, man, take that step. And so... Serving's easy. I mean, you can get involved and have a record. I mean, people joke about this all the time. It's like, we have people that come to Simple Church have had a kind of a jacked up passion. Like, oh, I don't want to do a background check because you're going to know I had a DUI in my life. I'm like, dude, we're not worried about your DUI. We're worried about what Christ is doing now. And if you want to help, we're going to put you in a place that's appropriate. You're not going to drive our vans, obviously. You know, you're not going to drive our kids around, but you can greet at the door. Yeah. You know, or if someone, again, if, if anybody had, obviously, any bad records of as far as hurting someone or stealing something, then we're really, really, you know, like, hey, you know, we need to work through that and understand that a little bit better. But the majority of people that wanted to partner, that wasn't their issue. They were right. like, man, we, I got in trouble. I had a misdemeanor when I, and they were intimidated by all that. I'm like, yeah. man, we don't do that. Don't worry about it. We can find a place for you to get plugged. God can use you. That's awesome. He can be a part of that. That's awesome. Um, my Southern Baptist roots are going to be showing here, but... <laughs> <laughs> there, There is no altar call at the church. So I'm very used to an altar call at the end of the service. Usually the pastor just says. Just as I am. Exactly. Without. In my mind, it was just turn your eyes upon Jesus. Or, or turn that. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. <laughs> oh, I love it. Look full in his infant. Wonderful oh, face. Is it wondrous face? Wonderful I thought it was. Face. Wonderful it's face. Wonderful. And the things of yeah. earth will go strangely, strangely dim. dim. All right, so here's the deal. So when you look in the New Testament, this is my whole thing. Okay. How many altar calls you see in a church? Right. Good question. You have an opportunity for people to decide to go public and follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's in a lot of different ways in the New Testament. So for us, a marker is not an altar call. Because here's the other thing. When you do an altar call, there's a couple of things happening. Number one, you don't know what they're walking the down for. So mm-hmm. I used to stand there. I had my suit yeah. on and I'd stand there. So some people come down, would you pray for my Aunt Jill? You know, I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'd pray for them. And then somebody go, they just got saved, brother. They just, I'm like, no, they asked to pray for their aunt. Yeah. You know, you didn't know really what was going on with people. And then they would go, we present, ladies and gentlemen, if people join, you know, we want... It was all tradition based on a denomination mm-hmm. that we've created. Not a bad thing at all. It was just that's what you grew up with. On the simple church, what we believe is is that the Holy Spirit draws people unto salvation. I don't, you don't, the church don't, the music yes, don't, true. the song don't, the it don't. It's the Holy Spirit convicts them and goes, Hey man, you need to really work on this. Well, he does that in a lot of different ways. So sometimes I've seen him do it literally uh convict people in the middle of a, a teenage retreat. I've seen him do it in the you know, gymnasium. I've seen him do it in a camp. I've seen him do it at the convention center. I've seen him do it in a church. So we're just trying to let the Holy Spirit have freedom to move and convict people where they are and help them to go, man, God really does have a plan for you. So at the end of the service, most of the time, not every Sunday, I give them that opportunity. It's sitting, sitting right there, just like you did at a, maybe at a, a it could be, for oh, example. Oh, it was a revival. Yeah. A revival. Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fire and 
Hellfire and Brimstone. Hellfire, that yeah. one, yeah. that phrase, yeah. But my point is, when that person makes that decision, what we use as a marker is when they decide to go public with that. Okay. And that is the truth even in the Baptist church. So uh, all, nobody counts altar calls. True, true. Nobody goes, yeah. we had 20 altar people now. You don't. You, you based on their decision. And then truthfully, even when they make a decision, it really doesn't count in the Baptist church. Mm-hmm. It counts when they get baptized. In some ways, we're similar. We're not saying that uh, it doesn't matter. We're saying that the public profession of faith that the Bible recall, you know, requires, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you gotta be, you got to be public about your faith, happens at the baptism. Yeah. When we ask the question that we asked in every Baptist church I've ever grown up in and any Methodist church, you know, have you had a time in your life where you've asked Christ to come into your life? Mm-hmm. And what? Are, yes, based on your profession of faith, I baptize you in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in the newness of life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thousands have done that in the simple church. Yeah. Thousands of questions have been asked. Thousands of questions have been answered. Yes, I have. So when people go like, well, you just didn't really, I'm like, boy, I'm glad you're not the Holy Spirit because <laughs> we have had people say it over and over. I'll give you a story on that since we're, this is what we're here to do. This is backstage. <laughs> oh, I'm, this is going to be. I want to hear it. This is, this is one that, this will get you. Simple Church is new. Okay. We have a person that attends Simple Church. This is like we launched in 2007. It may have been nine. It may have been 10. I don't know early early on a person has come to volunteer at the church and they're getting involved or whatever and we're like man that's awesome we do a background check the background check comes up and we're like that's a little weird because the person looks make sure i'm right on this they look like a female oh, yeah, yeah okay yeah. but their background check comes up as a male mm. so we're like well Lord Jesus, what do we do? You know, everybody's like, man, is there? So you do the right thing. You go, hey, let's meet and go, hey, man, what's yeah. going on? I, we, we did that and they're like, man, I'm really struggling. You know, I've had things in my life. I'm trying to figure this out. Right. I was I heard about Simple Church. I mean, you heard you guys are very loving, accepting. And so mm. I'm trying that out. And I actually want to volunteer. I want to figure that out. Well, we were tripping. Ain't yeah. nobody, we, we were just navigating that, not really knowing what to do. And it was early on and, you know, right. just everybody had opinions. So we actually started going to some counseling classes presented by Christian organizations and counseling groups of helping people understand the struggle. Now, this was a long time ago, and 10 years ago, you know, maybe in the simple church history. So it was still real controversial, still real weird, still a little not understanding on the church side of things, mm-hmm. including us. We were just navigating that. Well, when it all happened, the one thing I kept telling everybody is like, are we going to love this person or are you not going to love them? Right. So if somebody comes in with a divorce and the Bible is giving you whatever you believe, sure. you, you going to ostracize them? Or because someone's coming in and going, man, I don't know really what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure myself out and... I, I just don't know. I was like, dude, we have to love these people. Right. And so we did. Loved her to the point that she made a decision to follow Christ mm-hmm. somewhere in this journey. Mm-hmm. Well, the truth is we didn't have the background check until after she had made that decision. So if I were to – I had the order a little bit wrong because the controversy is how, how this happened. So she made a decision to follow Christ – she wanted to get public and, and get serve. baptized. No, she wanted to get baptized. Oh, okay. 
So she got baptized, mm-hmm. and it may have been at one of our big baptism, 200 people at one time or something. And then, then she decided she wanted to get saved. But when she got, I mean, she wanted to serve. But when she wanted to serve is when we saw that it was on there because you wouldn't have known by looking at her. Right. You really wouldn't have known no. what was going on. It was like, you know, you, like you couldn't tell. So anyway, so when all that kind of came out, we had a local pastor named Anonymous <laughs> sends me an email. <clears throat> Sends an email and blasts me. No way. Way. From the tar- start all the way down, just all the things that make me horrible, which, I mean, it's not easy to, I mean, not hard to make that list. Stop. There's a lot of things that That's make me horrible. That's not true. Oh, it's, no, it's true. I mean, i got things that make me horrible. So as I'm reading this, I'm hurt, I'm mad, I'm yeah. like walking through all these emotions because he don't know the person. And he don't know that he's just heard that we baptized someone who was struggling with gender identification mm-hmm. or whatever was going to go on. They uh, may be homosexual. They didn't yeah. know. They were just blasting on every agenda that they could find. And it was anonymous. Okay. So it what? says anonymous. So it says anonymous. The funniest part, and this is where God, I know, is in heaven and is trying to teach us all something. As I'm working through that and I'm kind of going through, it's signed anonymous. I look up at the email <laughs> send where it, where it's coming from, and it's the pastor's name. Oh my word! This Come is the on. Tr- no, this is the yeah. truth. Yeah. So I go back and I go to Brian Reed, who's still on staff. I'm like Brian, read this email before I, you know, kill myself. You know what I'm saying? And walk through the pain mm-hmm. and the torture or want to kill him. I'm yeah. trying to help me figure this out, and he's like. Wow, and then I'm like, look at the irony that he signs it anonymous, but his name's in there. And I said, man, I want to call this guy. And Brian's like, well, you know. I'm like, no, I got to call him. I got to talk to him. So he's like, well, okay. And I said, so I called the church. Did you sleep on it or did you do yeah, it right no, then? I, no, I slept on it. Okay. So it's a good question. <laughs> I, asked, I asked around a few people, you know. <laughs> okay. So slept on it, call him. Call the secretary. The secretary, hello, such and such. Thing. You know, I'm like, hey, I need to speak with blah blah blah. They're like, okay, you know, then no problem. You know, you know, could I ask who's calling? I said, uh, no, I, I anonymous. Mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, and I, I kind of said, well, he, she goes, okay, so she finally he comes on, uh-huh. and I was like, hey, man, this is Justin Hagler, and it's just radio silence. Yeah. And I was like, I got your email. And I'm sure. What in the world I'm sure, was he thinking? I'm, I'm sure he was tripping, because he's probably going, "How does he know?" Dun, so, dun, dun, dun. so then I said, uh, "Man, when you want to meet? Huh. You know, when would you like to sit down and talk about yeah. everything?" He's like, "Well, brother, but you know." And I said, "No, no, 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 no. When when do you want to sit down face to face? I would love to really talk this out because I just think we need we should do that. We owe that to each other." So he says, that's fine. You, you know, you come to my church. And he had the room set up, like, for him, you know. Mm-hmm. So I go over there, take Brian with me. We go over there. And when I walk in, he's got his Bibles laid out. Oh, gosh. It's true. Got all this stuff laid out. You know, he's ready to, I guess, correct me or whatever, you know, kind of walk through things. And I get it. I, Dude, I get it. I, I'm not confused. I've been there. So as he goes on. He's telling me this and telling me that, blah, blah, blah. And I said, man, let me ask you a couple of questions now because I kind of took it for a minute. I said, yeah. let, me, let me ask you a couple. He said, yeah, okay, go ahead. I said, in your how many every years of experience, because I've been doing a little while myself, and I was in a conservative Baptist church before, I can honestly say that in all of those years, 
and and everything in the simple church, I have never once, when someone was getting baptized, asked them their sexual identity. Yeah. It's ne- I didn't even know it was a requirement. So like if somebody comes to get baptized, I'm going, you a male or a female? Right. Are you straight <laughs> or you struggle with homosexuality? Or are you... I've never once done that. I always, by whatever, have said, have you decided... You, yes. ...to give your life to Christ? Yeah. Has there been a time in your life when you have asked Christ in your life and they go, yes. And then I say, and based on your public profession of faith, I baptize you, blah, blah, blah. And I said, so what's interesting is, I said, have you ever done it? I said, so it's possible... You have baptized someone that you don't agree with or that Interesting. you may not really know. And I said, and here's my thing. What you also don't know is we have spent a lot of money at this point because we didn't just hear their situation. We invested our right. life in those, that person. We paid for all their counseling. We took them to lunch. We took them to dinner. We had them in groups. We, we were trying to walk with them through a difficult time in their life when they're trying to figure that out. Yeah. And that's what I was telling him. I was like, man, what's really, I guess, burdens me or kind of hurts my heart is that you didn't even really ask. Like if you had called me and said like, hey, man, let me ask you about this. And I could go, yeah. dude, I'm struggling. I'm, I don't even know. This is kind of what the situation is. And then you go, man, I hear you, man. I, I yeah. get it. But no, you just blasted me. And I said, if I'm not mistaken, if we're talking about sin versus sin, I said, I bet you didn't just email me either. I would bet that you told people in your church. You might even have preached on it. You may have even called me out or you may have called the church out and said, man, that simple church is doing this, blah, 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 blah. When the truth is, I think that's gossip. I think that's as much as a sin as any other sin. And we're all sinners. And we're all trying to navigate that. And this young person was trying to figure that out. And as the church, shouldn't we be walking with them through that? Shouldn't we be going, man, let's just, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you I've got it all figured out. I will tell you what sin is and what sin is not, and I will work with you through that. But can't we navigate that together? Because the truth is, last time I checked, I'm still a sinner. Saved by grace. Right. But I'm a sinner, and there's a lot of sinners out there. And so... As we navigate that, we want to move away from it. We want to try to change. We want to try to be better. We want to, whatever it is, well, we got to work through that. There's, it's complicated. It's not all as simple and as easy as we all try to make it out to be. And I think that's part of the deal with the simple church. We say this a lot, too. It's simple ain't easy. <laughs> it, I mean, and that's everything from setup to tear down to dealing with people yeah. and their problems to life. Simple ain't easy. Horrible English, once again, but a very <laughs> the true. The school teacher in me. Yeah, yeah she's already just, corrected. Just Simple is not easy. Yeah. Simple ain't easy. I can't help it. I'm sorry. I'm, hey, I like it. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully. Didn't know we were going there, but that's yeah, the well, beauty we of there. That's the beauty. We that's the beauty of a podcast. Oh, took a lift. Well, no, it's really. But it's good information. It is. It's good All information. Right, you, so I'll, let me ask you the first question that I asked you when I sat down with you before I came on board was, how do you do it? Just how do you make this huge operation work when you, it seems to me from an outsider looking in, you rarely ask for money, ask for the tithe. So you mean when you say, how do you do it financially? Financially, how, how do you do no, it? No, that's a good, a great question. We don't know. No, we do know. I can tell you 100% how we know. Scott may not know, but let me help you. All right. I know. I was, I was well, kidding. Well, you kind of do, but you may not really know. Okay. 
Because this is you're fixing to know though right now. Apparently, yeah. Because this is why I say that, and and you can make light of it, and you can say, well, you. But the truth is, is that God has been extremely faithful to us. So let me go back Mm -hmm. to when people criticize, people don't understand, people, whatever it is. All I look at is, has God taken care of us? Are Mm -hmm. people giving their life to Christ? Are people going public with that? Are people's lives being changed? Are we impacting the community? You know what I'm saying? When you go, like, when you pull back and go, I don't care if you like the music or don't. I don't care if you like the style or not. I don't care. When you pull back, it's like, are lives being changed and is the world being better? And is God blessing that? Yeah. So when I go back to it, in 12 years, we've never taken an offering. It's crazy. It is crazy. So people are like, how is that even possible? I know. Not a chicken bucket, not a gold plate, not a felt bag. (laughs) It doesn't matter. There's never happened. What could I grow with chicken bucket? (laughs) So. What I tell people is, if you're a believer and you have given your life to Christ, or if you grew up in church, you know that it takes money to make it happen. Everybody goes, I mean, it's not free. We're renting facilities, talked about in the first podcast. We're meeting needs in the community. We're paying salaries. We're, you know, buying curriculum. You're buying donuts, a lot of donuts. Mm-hmm. Most people are like, man, I figured that out. And so they, if they are growing up in church, they come in and ask with you, hey, well, what's going on? I'm like, you can help. Because now I have a direct conversation with that person. So then I can go, hey, man, this is really what we're doing. And most of the time, people respond better than when you stand up mm-hmm. and give this cattle call of guilt or guilt, a cattle right. call of like, well, this we need you to do this, mm-hmm. you know. Now, in the history of the church, the only time I talk about money is we're giving it away. So we have talked a lot about money in, the, in our church. We did it just this past weekend. He had thousands of dollars. Yeah, you got to be amazing. a part of that. That was awesome. You got to go give away a couple of thousand dollars to Benton Middle School in the middle of their stuff. We got to go buy stuff for these people. We've put shoes. People get it. And that's the thing. That's what's been cool is when you go, this is what we're trying to do. The people that really want to be a part of that go, man, I want to help with that. I yeah. want to be a part of that. So partner party, we talk about that. Individual meetings, we talk about that. Life groups, we talk about that. One-on-one, we talk about it. But what I was saying that we, when Scott really may not know, I'm going to tell you a crazy story. Early on Simple Church, don't remember exactly when, money's always tight. We're, we never have a surplus. Mm. I can say in 12 years, we've never had a surplus. Now, there's a one reason why, maybe a couple, but one that jumps out. I heard it said a long time ago, I don't know who it was, that some people say, well, you need to save money for a rainy day. Mm-hmm. Like you need to have a little put back for a rainy day. Well, in the church, the problem is, and most of the time we forget this, it's raining. It's raining. That's what I was about to say. It's raining hard every mm-hmm. day. And I'm not talking about physical rain. Right. I'm talking about problems. I'm talking about people without food. I'm talking about Just people. Needs. It never stops raining. It's yeah. it's a, So I always go, how can I put all this money back knowing that there are kids starving in right Africa now. or kids starving in Shreveport or their kids that don't have shoes or so it's been a battle of mine. Now, we're not irresponsible in all that, but at the same time, we run tight. We run lean. We don't have secretaries. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, you know, we have a small office. <laughs> you know, I don't have a secretary. We don't have a lot of elaborate things in the similar church. We don't own buildings. So we run lean and tight to free up money and space to help people and accomplish things, whether it's water wells or whatever in the community. Uh, so... 
when I go back to that, I remember early on in Simple Church, we were just about broke. We were, we, and sometimes we operate on a line of credit. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes we had to go, hey, man, we need a little money to yeah. get us through until something comes through. But we were close to that point. And I remember my, my brother wasn't here then. It was just me and Chip and maybe a few others I can't remember. And we were getting a little tense over money and what yeah. we were trying to accomplish. And I remember telling them, we're like, we're going to do, and it was by faith and by stupidity or whatever, <laughs> but I was like, no, we're going to keep doing whatever we got to do, knowing that God's with us. I mean, we don't know, but we got to, how can we not, it may have been launch a service or it may have been doing something else. And we, and it was tense. There was some arguing and you just, we just, maybe we need to be, and it was going back and forth. Right. And so I go back in my office and not 10 minutes later, okay, it's not even 10 minutes, somebody rings the doorbell at our office. And I go up there, and it's somebody in this community that I know very well. Um, they're successful. They are in the simple church, but not really known for being a huge giver or mm-hmm. like they're not somebody that y'all are. And this guy comes in, and he goes, hey, man, I really got something that God laid on my heart or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. What's going on? He was like, well, I just got a lease for a cell phone tower on my piece of property. And God told me that I need to give y'all all that money. What? And I was like, the very day y'all are arguing within like ten minutes or whatever, and this person handed over a check for fifty thousand dollars. That's what they had gotten for whatever it was. A I don't know if that was a yearly rent or if that was whatever. And I was like, what was the biggest gift we had ever received at that point? We'd never ever received anything above fifty thousand dollars, really. And I remember going back to my. We prayed and I thanked him and like, man, how good is it? And it was like God was going, no, just keep pushing, keep Mm -hmm. trying to help people, and I'm gonna take care of you. Don't make it about you. Don't make it about the buildings. Don't make it about what you want or what you need. Just keep meeting needs, and I'm going to take care of you. And in 12 years, we've been taken care of. And so when people go, well, you know, I just think you need to do this or we should do this, is I keep going back, as we've been preaching even in this last series, gut checks, like, no, he really wants your heart. He really wants more. He don't need your money. Man, God ain't sitting up there going, man, I need your money. I can't have, I can't make it unless you give your money. But the truth is, is we all play a game with him when we're always yeah. like, and so I keep going, God, don't let me play the game. Let me just find a way to go. What is it that you want me to do? How do I need to help? Well, how can I serve? And every time we do that, whether it's a water well or helping kids or whatever, God somehow brings it in in a way that we didn't see it coming. I mean, somebody else shows up. Some other guy knocks on the door. Somebody shows up and says, hey, man. And we've had people, I'll, I'll give you another one. I did a suicide awareness uh, sermon where we did uh, To Write Love in Our Arms, an organization we partner with, and I was talking about suicide and how we need to tell our kids their value and blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't know this guy. He's a pretty well-known guy in the community. Mm-hmm. Mails me a check, me, the church a check, with this long letter because he had a child that committed suicide mm-hmm. and said, I've never given to a church in my life, but here's $5,000. Because if you're bold enough to get up and try to help people yeah. that are battling that, then I want to support that. And I was like, God, thank you, because we don't have a lot of money. So I always wonder where it's going to come from. I'm like, God, I trust you. I don't know. But really, I would say God's been faithful. He just keeps giving to us. Now, again, I hope more people give. Right. I hope more people go, man, I can trust him with that because imagine what, we, well, imagine what we could do. Yeah. Imagine how many more problems you could solve and how much more God could get the glory. And there's, I don't know if y'all know, it's raining. It's there's raining. volcanoes. There's, I mean, it's, it's what I was looking on the news this morning. There's fires and volcanoes and and more than likely, I heard this recently too, money, going back to it. Mm-hmm. More than likely that in your lifetime, in my life, and in your kid's lifetime, the problems are going to only increase 
yeah. world problems, world right. wiping stuff out, whatever it is. And more than likely, the governments will not be able to keep up. So like right now, you're already in debt in the U.S. by how much? So the way that Jesus might just be presented in the end times is not in the way that you've ever been used to it before. Mm-hmm. It'll be in the fact that you're the only ones that are able and capable to solve the problems that the world cannot. And they're going to come to the church and go, we cannot feed these hungry kids. We cannot educate our kids anymore. We cannot, whatever it is, put shoes on the feet. Right now, when everybody says you cannot get into public school, Cattle Parish begs us, and we have a great relationship with the Cattle Public School. We, they love us. We love Woodlawn just came in and played last week, yeah. the drum line. Awesome. We go in, into every public school and put new shoes on them and do after-school programs. Why? Because they're going, man, we can't do it without you. Yeah, that's so true. We, can, we need your help, and we're in there, and we're going however we can help. We, you know, we can't solve every problem. We're not great at it. We don't do everything just right, but we want to be able to help. And as Christians, as Jesus followers, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? That's, that's <laughs> Instead of worrying about and arguing about stupid stuff like song choice or who your favorite <laughs> preacher is. I love the way he preaches. He's so good. <laughs> Just keeping it real, Scott. Well, your people do love you. And so that'll be my next question. We can wrap it up after that. Mm. But this is supposed to be backstage with Simple Church. But how about backstage with Justin just a little bit? What's the hardest part of your job? Ooh. The hardest. You should host this. Well, you're asking hard hitting questions. That's a hard question right there. There's a lot of hard parts of the job. But I would probably say not being able to solve all the problems. Mm So, like, if somebody comes in and their marriage is falling apart and you can't solve that, I mean, and you know you you, you can, right, right. but you're going, for some reason that doesn't get solved, it's heartbreaking. Or if they're, someone commits suicide, I mean, or someone, you know, again, is hungry. When you're leaving Africa or South Shreveport and you're going, oh. but on the, the very same side of it, and this is what we're kind of talking this morning, you can look back and go, man, look at what God's done. Because you were willing to show up, because you're willing to go, all right, God, we don't have it all figured out, but I'm going to give you a little bit of time. I'm going to give you my little bit of money. I'm going to give you my heart. Yeah. Then I'm going to, and then you look back and see what he did. It's pretty cool to do it. So there's a difficulty, but there's also a reward that's associated with it. It makes you get up and go, kind of fun, you know, challenging, tough, but fun. Today, I left the podcast earlier and went and a buddy of mine's diagnosed with cancer. I mean, he's Mm. eight up, 52 years old, has no money. Has no wife, has oh no goodness. real way to, has no job, and he's two years so older. Probably no insurance. No insurance. Two years older than me, and I'm sitting there as he's doing it going, I don't know how we're going to solve that problem. Yeah. So I'm going, Jesus, we need you. And how he typically does it is through people. And so then I go, all right, God, put the people around us. Mm-hmm. Help us to be obedient and willing to do what it is to help solve the problem. And that's not always easy, but it's pretty cool when you see it happen. Yeah. My last question was going to be, what what could we ask the people to pray for for you? If you had a prayer request, what would it be? Which I think you probably oh. just answered that. Oh, yeah, strength, man, strength, wisdom. I, I'll take all the prayers I can get. So, you know, like when these, when P, and people are kind to me, so where I'm blessed. I got so many blessings in my life. I'm so thankful. But it don't or pray have, for the church. Yeah, or and whatever, it never but. means that you can't ask for more. But for us is, yeah, that we would be able to continue to be faithful. And solve as many problems as we can in the name of Christ until he comes back. I can promise you this. Look in the New Testament. 
that's what he was interested in. Mm -hmm. He saw blind people's problems. He saw lost people's problems. He saw crippled people's problems. He saw death problems. He saw our sin problem. And so when you look back to it, you better be figuring out how to solve a problem. And most of the times it wasn't through anything you grew up in church doing. It wasn't through Bible study. Yeah. It wasn't through worship. It was through getting dirty, getting your hands dirty, getting your feet dirty, willing to go where nobody else would go, and willing to die to yourself. None of those are popular. Dirty, death. Right. Mm. It's tough. But that's the Jesus part. And that's why the American church, man, if we ever get it, if we ever figure it out, Dude, it can really change the world. And that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what, that's what I believe I'm here to do is work well, on it. I think it. Simple Church has got it. We trying. Well, I don't know if we, we definitely ain't got it, but we trying to get it. <laughs> we trying to get it. Get it. Scott, you awake over there? Yeah. I'm just listening. I got caught up in it. You were? Yeah. Well, I'm thankful, Scott. You're welcome. He's like our co-host that was pretty much just mesmerized <laughs> by he that. He was. You didn't even get a question in this he time. And we're know. out of time. Yeah. I'll take his paycheck today. Okay. Well, it's big. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's big. It's, that was one thing. Maybe disappointed. <laughs> yeah. It might mm, might yeah. get you a Starbucks. That's Maybe. A yeah. yeah. None of us are paid very well, by the way. That's that's yeah. one of the other things that's kind of a challenge, you know. So one day we'll hopefully. That's all right. Yeah. We're going to get we there. We got our mansions in heaven. Yeah. True. We'll look forward I'll, to that. I'll be speaking on it this Sunday. This would be uh, gut. Is that right? Gut, gut check. check. Gut check. I couldn't remember. I, w- I want to keep saying gut punch. <laughs> gut punch? Because it is kind of like a gut punch. <laughs> it is punch. a punch. But it's gut check week gut three. Check. I'll be talking about week that three. treasure in heaven. For you. And I'll be singing a worship song for I you. I cannot Amber. wait. Somebody else Amber sent an email and they said, Oh, I just love it when you sing, brother. Oh, God said, Well, good, sister. Come on Sunday and I'll let it come out. That's gut check number three. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. I'm just keeping it real, brother. Keeping it real. This has been fun. Thanks for letting me come. You no, know, oh, you're going to come back. Yeah, you, you're going to come back because then it's just going to be me and you. Yeah, we get oh. to go back and ask questions yeah. to you. Okay. We're going to get here and hear your story. Okay. We're thankful you sh- that you're here, really. Thank you. Thanks for, for asking good questions yeah. today. Hopefully, it answers some of your questions. It did. So, it did. I'm good. Tune into the here. podcast and I'm you'll get a lot board. of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tune into the podcast, you'll get a few more answers. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. I will be listening. You can thank Scott. Where can I find that podcast? Uh, iTunes. <laughs> you, iTunes. You will be able to find it on iTunes, YouTube, and Podbean.com. Podbean. Yeah, I yeah. don't even know what Podbean is, but boy, that Apparently, sounds fun. It's yes. where podcasts But live. YouTube, we already have a YouTube channel, yeah. and the kids love it. Oh, yeah, my kids oh, are jealous. Also, you will be able to find the podcast on our social media. We'll have a link to that's it as right. well. So and that's I'll your Instagram, Facebook, there you go. Snapchat, like TikTok. There you go. So, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't even know what TikTok is. Oh, turn his yeah. mic off. All right. That's <laughs> good call. Good call. Yeah. Uh, I, I got nothing. Join us next time as we go to Backstage, backstage with you. Simple Church. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, what does he say? Peace. Yeah, I got to go clean the toilet. <laughs>